Welcome, good people, to another episode of Repeater. This is the show where we talk to people about the songs they like, just in case you forgot, or if it's your first time here. If it is your first time, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Okay, yeah, uh, we're done with that. We're joined on this episode by the New York band Early Riser. Members Kiri Oliver and Heidi Vanderlee talk to us about the Hold Steady song, You Can Make Him Like You. And guess what? I hosted this episode all by myself. I don't need no stinking Evan. No, you do not. But we need subscribers and reviews. So if you like this episode, please subscribe and review. It's the quickest way into our hearts. Thanks for listening. This is Repeater. Hi, thank you for having us. Of course, thanks for coming. This tea is excellent. Brought it with me. (laughs) I brought water with me because I was feeling dehydrated. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) As a wise man once told me, hydrate or die. Uh, And I'm choosing to not die tonight. So (laughs) anyway, um, enough about me. Uh, (laughs) So just so everybody knows, this is Kiri and Heidi. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Mom, Pat. Hi, Pat. Hi, How are Pat. you guys doing? We're doing well. Good. The city's really nice when 50% of it leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Labor Day weekend is real quiet, and it's nice. Love it. My apartment smelled like lighter fluid before. I think somebody was barbecuing on the street, but like used too much. There appears to be a Greek festival happening around the corner. Ooh. Yeah, that would explain it. <laughs> and my apartment's still standing, as far as I know. So. That's good. That's, that's the plus. Yeah. Uh, well, cool. Uh, I think what we'll do is sort of go down the list of uh, maybe what we've been listening to recently, and I can start to give you some time to think. Uh, also, because I'm really excited to tell you all about the new, brand new album, which oh. is great because we get to use the once in a lifetime joke there is brand new, brand new. <laughs> It is a good one. The once every like five to seven years or whatever. This this might have been an eight year gap. Really? Yeah. It's a long time. It's a long. Yeah. So when it appeared, I was like, oh, um, I can't do work today. (laughs) All I need to do is talk about how great this album is. Um, We thought about your question a little bit beforehand because uh, Kiri did her homework and listened. Uh, (laughs) I did not. I'm sorry. But... (laughs) Um, but yeah, do you want to go first? Okay. Um, I, uh, lately I've been listening to, uh, the Smiths, but I do that all the time. Um, so that's not really anything new. Um, I also just listen to WFMU all the time. Very nice. WFMU is great because like you can turn it on and it'll be like insufferable noise. And then you just wait like an hour and then it's amazing. Um, insufferable noise as in like, just noise rock this is, there's or... a throat singing show <laughs> and sometimes I turn it on accidentally when that's happening and I'm like oh no and then you come back an hour later and it's Dave Hill so it's cool <laughs> um, but and then as far as new albums I've been listening to I've been listening to um, the new Cayetana which is 
Nice shirt. Thanks. He's wearing a Cayetana shirt for people who can't see that. <laughs> and we just had them on the Gethard show a couple weeks ago, and they were incredible. They're so good. They're so good. They're really good and really nice. Yes. And uh, the new Smith Street Band I've been listening to a lot. Oh, they're great. I got to see them at a tiny club in Berlin. Um, and I was having like kind of a bad week and I was like, had very bad travel problems. And then like, I got to Berlin and got to see the Smith street band in like the backyard of a weird venue. And I was just, that's wonderful. It made, it made everything better. That's always fun yeah. when it's just like, no, oh, here's a weird backyard with a great band playing in it. Yeah. You know, like I, you do. I just Googled like shows in Berlin and I saw Smith street band and I was like, okay, I will figure out this weird German website and go see them. That's great. <laughs> I was in Munich a couple years ago and uh, this like Prague, like post rock band I like was playing. Uh, they're called And So I Watch You From Afar, which is how you know that they're a post rock band. Uh, but they're real great. And I think they're from Ireland, but they were playing in Munich and it just so happened to conflict with Eurovision. Um. And I was like, I, I'm in Europe and Eurovision's on. I feel like I have to do that. So then the next night I went to that venue and walked into a 20 year anniversary party for a German house music label. Oh, my God. oh man. <laughs> it was great, but it was also just like, oh, here's all of the stereotypes. <laughs> Actually, that sounds kind of great. I'm kind of jealous. Oh yeah. I was there till like four in the morning. It was incredible. <laughs> because it's like not like house music that I don't understand. It would be like house music that I actually like. It was like super chill. Ugh. But then just like a lot of Germans, like bald Germans in track suits and like yellow, those like day glow yellow that sunglasses. makes me so happy. <laughs> it's like the Chemical Brothers like video for Setting Sun happened oh and you God. went yeah. to it. And I was just walking around like, uh, what? So what? I'm jealous. American. I don't do any drugs and I'm so jealous. <laughs> Great. Do you have anything to add? Yeah. Um, in July, we got to go on a little tour with a band called the Homeless Gospel Choir, which is mostly one person named Derek Zanetti. And he just put out a new record that's amazing. And uh, it's a, it's like a full band record produced by one of the guys in Anti-Flag and uh, like very, very that's anthemic. Great. Yeah. And uh, it's just really relatable. It has these really great punk rock anthems. The main single, Normal, has this huge sing-along, like you're never going to be normal because you're a punk. And uh he tells this story that I really relate to because he's actually three days older than me. Uh -huh. And he talks about like being a kid and getting Green Day's Dookie tape and that being like his introduction to punk rock. And that was mine too. Like that was one of the first tapes that I had. Like Green Day Dookie, The Offspring, um, Weezer. Like I had those on yeah. tape. And, you know, I just remember that being such a big deal. They're like, oh, there's this world like outside of myself. Um, and like my little school world and these kids who are mean to me and stuff like there's something bigger and uh I didn't start going to shows until I was much older and he did like start going to shows when he was very young so that's different but um it's just a, like a cool kind of story the whole album it's a concept record about like being young and getting into punk and he's really into uh just like talking about and lauding the community that's that is awesome. punk and like how, how much it means to so many people who don't feel like they fit in anywhere still today. That's great. That's also like, I think right up my alley right now, especially for like brand new to pop up again. Yeah. Just be like, oh yeah, in college, this was me or high school, this was me. Yeah. Just getting to sort of dive back into that feeling of like, I'm 31. It's like, 
I fit in wherever I want to fit in. It's like, whatever. People aren't judging me, but, but if I want to be moody, I can, and it's great. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's cool. That's really great. What was the name of that album again? Or artist? It's just, it's just called Normal, right? I think it's just yeah. Normal. Yeah. yeah. And the artist's name? The Homeless Gospel Choir. The Homeless Gospel Choir. That's a great name. It's a really great name. Great. Uh, cool. All right. So do you want to tell the fine people what song you brought? Okay, so um, we both really like the band The Hold Steady, um, and I maybe like them maybe a little more than you do. But um, <laughs> well, but, she's more of like a hardcore fan. Like they had that message board, the unified scene, right? Oh and if God, you were like a big enough, about that? if you were a big enough fan, you had like your own shirt with a number on it and I remember why like, are you talking about this? <laughs> this is incredible no because I would go to shows and like we there before we met there were a couple of steady shows that we were both at like at North Six and in the McCarran Pool and I would go and I liked them but I saw these kids and I was like oh they're really cool like these are the really hardcore fans like how do you get to be one of those people that has like your own number and then when we met like she told me she had one I'm like that's so cool yeah there was a message board for and it still exists and I think is somewhat um active but uh, there was a very active message board um, for Hold Steady fans, like kind of, which was in its heyday around like 2006, 2007, which is like right before Boys and Girls in America came out, which is arguably, you know, their most successful record. Um, and everybody in the unified scene got a number. And at some point, somebody just started making T-shirts and they say like staying positive and like unified scene and you get a number minus 42 because I thought I was very deep. Um <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Very you know, nice. I thought that I was really cool. But yeah, it was cool because um, you would go to a show and you'd just see someone in like your matching shirt and you would probably know them and you'd be like, hi, like Phil's fan, which is my friend Neil, who we actually stayed with when we went on tour um, yeah. with Derek. We actually stay and I'm still friends with those people. Um, some of them not. Um, you meet a lot of <laughs> interesting people when you decide to follow a band like that around um, but yeah, we're still friends with, um, we're, I'm still friends with a lot of them. And we actually stayed with, um, my friends, Neil and Susan, when we were in Philadelphia, which was awesome. And they're, and it's also funny cause they're like 30 years older than me. So, but, um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Bringing people together. Yeah. Yes. It was really, it was really nice. There were, it was, there were some really nice things about it. So anyway, hold steady, pretty, um, formative for me, especially when I first moved to New York, um, and uh, Boys and Girls in America was the record that I think really made everyone else love them as much as I did. And I think it spoke to Kiri. Yeah, I mean, that's the first record of theirs that I heard. And then I went back and listened to the other ones. And that's, it's hard, it was harder for me to, to like the earlier albums, like I think as much as Heidi did, because the arrangements on Boys and Girls in America are so uh, like full and amazing with Franz and the piano and stuff. And the mm -hmm. earlier ones aren't at that place. Like I just love the whole, it's so epic. It's so yeah. anthemic. It's got that, um, that kind of Springsteen feel at times that I love. And, uh, yeah, it's just like the perfect album at the perfect time. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so we have a little bit of a, a little bit of a clip. It's the full song, but we're not going to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> uh, and I think we have somebody in the booth to help out. So if we can listen to a little bit of the song, That'd be great. There it is. Yeah. 
I said, cool, and the music stopped. I finally have my superpower. <laughs> so um, right before that ended, um, the, the chorus of the song is, and the song is called You Can Make Him Like You. And the chorus of the song is, there's always other boys, there's always other boyfriends, there's always other boys, you can make them like you. Um, which, you look like you want to say something. Yeah, no, we were, we were talking about it beforehand. Uh, yeah, it's like, well, you said something that I really liked about how like no one comes out looking good on this record. No, nobody comes out looking good. I mean, in general, in Hold Study songs, like the narrator, which is Craig Finn, who um, he tends to be sort of a judgy outsider that kind of comments on the crazy shit that he sees happening. But like nobody comes out looking good. Um, usually in, in this, like in this song, like we're, we're ostensibly talking about it ostensibly. What were the fuck <laughs> doing? <laughs> that's, that's a bigger word than I would ever I use. I don't think it was necessary. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he's talking about this girl who's just like dating all these different guys and they're like kind of interchangeable. But like, it's not really a good look for the guys either because it just, you know, implies that they can be easily won over and that she can, you know, they're just disposable. Um, but, you know, it's also like Kiri pointed out, like, why the fuck does this guy care? The narrator. Yeah, like the narrator <laughs> yeah. doesn't look good either because like he's saying, you know, you don't have to deal with the dealers. Let your boyfriend deal with the dealers. Like, it sounds like he's kind of judging this girl, but then he's like, he's got this weird perspective where he's he's saying all this stuff to her um, that sounds kind of judgy, but then he's also like, you know, there's always other boys. So it feels like sort of inspiring. Like, oh, there's other fish in the sea. Like, you yeah. don't have to put up with this. But then he says like, and you can make him like you, which is a weird thing to say to someone. Yeah. So it definitely like implicates the narrator as well that they're not like, being such a nice person. Yeah, it's because I'm not as familiar with the hold steady. And like listening to this song, it does sound like the kind of conversation that you could see happening at like two in the morning when somebody's upset about a thing. But yeah, like there's the points where it's like, oh uh, yeah, like you don't have to put up with that and that's fine and you can move on and that's great. And then you're right, like he goes into these things where it's like, yeah, but that's don't go that far. That's you, creepy. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, input not needed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just to give context, there's a couple other song. Um, all pretty much every song is about something disastrous, but there's one song called chill out tent that is literally just about two people that go to a music festival and they both do too many drugs and end up making out in the chill out tent, which is um, like the medical tent at a music, at a music festival. They'll have like a medical tent where they have like activated charcoal and like, yeah. you know, saline for people that just, party too hard and like the whole story is just that they both like have nothing else going on so they go to this dumb music festival and then they get real fucked up and make out in the chill out tent <laughs> and that's that's the song <laughs> um, the uh yeah because the album art for this album is not what i was expecting it to be it's very joyful yeah it's like a crowd shot of like I don't know. It looks like people at a huge party. It is like actually, they had a bunch of fans. I know this because my friend Noah is on the cover. They actually did just like a fan call and we're oh, like, awesome. who wants to be on the cover of our record? And then, I mean, it was back. Like you have, the thing is like they can sell out Brooklyn Bowl five nights in a row now, but they yeah. could not do that in 2006. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was really cool. You got to really be part of the beginning of that band really hitting. It was cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, that's great. So hmm. I'll say one more thing that, um, it's really fun to sing it. Cause you know, we don't know like exactly what Craig meant by it or like sort of who he's judging. Like, is he judging the woman? Is he, 
like, is it kind of tongue in cheek that he's judging the narrator? But like when I know that when I sing it, I kind of roll my eyes. Like I do it in a way that acknowledges that I know that it's like bad advice and not a way that I would talk to a woman. Yeah. It's a nice bratty song. To yeah. Sing. It, it, you could turn it into kind of like a little riot girl kind of thing. A I lot think of yeah. study songs are like, if you sing them as a woman, they're just like really bratty. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, if you're not Craig Finn being like, rah, 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 you know, like it sounds, you're like, Oh, that guy's kind of a bitch. Like, <laughs> Um, which is, I, I think one of the things that I, I just like them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, I think there's something really fun about having a song like that to just sort of shout along to like in your car or in your apartment or whatever. And, um, I was just talking about this the other night, like, uh, the brand new record, your favorite weapon. Those are, it's great, but oh my God, those songs are just so get over yourself like yeah 70 times 7 is <laughs> potentially the most dramatic song oh it's like one of my favorite songs ever and it's so great yeah i mean i love the smiths so i'm with you like <laughs> yeah no recently um or on my birthday in in march we went to our friends uh live emo pop punk live band karaoke show oh boy and this band be yourself and they're amazing yeah. and they play like all the emo and pop punk that i was obsessed with and like you know, 2001, the whole era. Like I'm yeah. super, super into that scene. And then, um, yeah, like especially at, I've been to that, their shows a few times, but like, especially at that show, I was there with a lot of female friends and we were all just like, Oh my God, these songs are all so sexist and horrible, uh-huh. you know? And, uh, they were also playing like the early, uh, you know, blink One Eight Two stuff is like, especially misogynistic. And, and there were um, like two songs by female fronted bands on the list. Yeah. There are like no female fronted bands from that scene. You know, you put in a Paramore song and then in order, they're trying to have like some female fronted songs, but yeah. then they put in like, no doubt, like they did a destiny's child song. Cause there just like weren't any women in that scene, which was something that I was super aware of, you know, as a, as a fan, I loved those bands, but I was really aware that there was no female representation. I was really aware that it was just guys singing like angry songs about girls who had, you know, broken up with them them or whatever. Yeah. So somehow like I loved the shows. I got really into the sing-alongs, but it's not like I related or really felt like I was being represented, you know, in the lyrics. Like I love the songs. I love the, the community and the catharsis of it. But at the same time, I was like, this isn't, this isn't really for me or like by anyone that um, like represents me or I can relate to. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since the lyrics, like you said, are very kind of revenge heavy. Really revenge heavy. Look like, I think they're still kind of fun from like the musicality perspective. Yeah. Like the chant along and whatever, but like thinking about the lyrics when it's like, uh, a lot of them turn into just like, yeah, but I'm a nice guy and you don't see that. Like, yeah, but also she's a person too. And the saves the day lyrics, especially there were like really violent metaphors. Um, and yeah, stuff that I listen to now and I'm like, that was, that's not that cool. Yeah. Or like probably again, 70 times seven, the, uh, have a drink and drive yourself home. Hope there's ice on all the roads. It's like that. And if you think of me when you forget your seatbelt, I hope you think of me when you forget your seatbelt. And again, when your head goes through the windshield. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just for like cheating on him. Because that's what it's about. It's about um, 
ostensibly to use Heidi's word, I think about uh, his girlfriend cheating with the guy from Taking Back Sunday, which at the time I was like, oh, I was so into like the drama around yeah. it, you know, because uh, Taking Back Sunday wrote, um, what, No I and Team, is that the one that's like the so, response? Yeah. 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 And, uh, and like quotes that song in it. And uh, yeah, it's interesting that I remember like finding that so, in- like I was, as a fan, like I liked knowing what the story was. Sure. Like, I thought it was cool knowing the backstory and feeling like an inssider, but at the same time having like no personal connection that I could relate yeah, I think to. Yeah, once it. I knew what the backstory was, I was like, oh, I don't like this song. Oh, really? Or I, I don't know. Like, I think I, and it was easier to parse as like, just like fictional characters. It's like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's e- I guess it's easier to be violent to characters than real people, which... I guess I'm not a sociopath, so that's good. Um, I mean, can I say something that sure. I just realized? I think that I, I never really thought about it this way before, but um, with the whole study, Craig Finn definitely absolves himself of that kind of judgment from the audience because he is usually um, a onlooker. He's usually a, plays the part of the narrator. And yeah. what, there are very few songs, not very few, but there are a lot of, most songs are like him talking about someone else, but then there's like a couple songs that, where he's speaking in I, and they're not exactly mean. They're just really sad. Like there's this one song, Citrus, where like, you know, he's in love with this girl that like she, and he quotes her, the sutures and bruises are none of your business. She said that she's sick, but she won't get specific. And it's basically alluding to like her doing drugs and like drinking a lot of fortified wine. And it's like a bummer, but he's not really judging her. He's just sad. Um, And usually he, he seems to save the, the ire for his narrator role. That's interesting. I think a lot about like what person songs are written in. Like there's some people that write almost exclusively in the first person and it's like them and some who write in the first person and it's uh, uh, always a narrator or like a a character. And something that I, I remember is that when I was into that music, like brand new and taking back Sunday and all that stuff in that scene, the band that I liked the most was Thursday. And something that I realized about Thursday is that they almost never write in the first person or mm-hmm. at least like their full collapse and where all the time the records around that time, like Jeff Rickley would write a lot either in um, like the you or the we, um, but not the like accusatory you yeah. um, just sort of like, sort of be outside of it or even manage to not use pronouns and just like tell a story that made you feel like you're a part of something, yeah. but it like takes it beyond the person of like, this is happening in the world. This is an experience. And I related to that so much more than like a guy addressing a girl that he was mad at, you know, yeah. it was really and I always really appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. And especially with Thursday, they always felt uh, very omniscient and very like yeah. when they had like big <clears throat> big revenge metaphors or just like something intense had happened it, to me that came off more just like on a on a more grandiose scale and you not, think they had re- revenge metaphors me, um, you know I maybe I don't know <laughs> I haven't listened to it in a while but like I feel like something in there maybe but like if they had it it was you know obscured by something else or like the stories that they were telling or um to me war all the time can be not necessarily a revenge story but more just like a um uh him being upset kind of at this 
globally scaled thing. Yeah. Um, which again is way easier to parse and uh, more accessible to everybody rather than this girl wronged me. Yeah. And it holds up. Like I saw Thursday at Northside Fest this year yeah. with a pup and Jeff Rosenstock. That was an amazing show. And those songs hold up because, and, and they're almost especially relevant again now, you know, with how everyone feels about what's going on in the world, like sure. to have something that speaks to that, even if it was written like post nine 11 and that mm-hmm. was more of the, um, the setting, it doesn't really matter, you know? Yeah. Um, people are looking for that and the, the other stuff doesn't hold up the same. You can go to emo karaoke and be like, Oh yeah, this is fun. But also this is not great. Like, <laughs> like the songs are great, but I don't want to get behind this. Like sure. I don't want, I can't go to a show now and just like feel that catharsis of singing along and being a part of it because I can also see it and be like, this is not something that I, relate to or that I need or that I want to support yeah. like this message. Isn't it just like really interesting that we like being a music fan and like just being a woman, like you end up loving the shit out of songs and bands that fucking hate you. <laughs> like not necessarily like really, but just that are just so like, just what's the word I'm thinking? Hostile. This, yeah. like, there's this hostility, like in this thing that we love so much and we just love it and don't realize it's just kind of like, I mean, I think there, that argument can be made for like art in general, yeah. but yeah. Um, it's, it is really weird to think about like when you're like, oh, that's the thing I was obsessed with. And like, you know, I followed them and everything. And like, in reality, if you'd ever met those people, it probably would have been horrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that's, yeah. so yeah, women are great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Heidi and I met in, I think 2011, largely because we were in this um, feminist arts collective called Permanent Wave. And before that time, I honestly didn't listen to that many female fronted bands. Um, definitely not punk bands, maybe like a few indie rock bands. Like I like, like Rilo Kylie and stuff, but um, yeah, I don't know. I was one of those people that even though I was a woman and a feminist, I was like, well, like I, I don't care about Riot Girl. like what I've heard I didn't really like and all my favorite uh, songwriters are men or whatever, yeah. you know? And then we started booking these feminist punk shows and uh, seeing and, and playing with and starting bands that were all like, uh, you know, female fronted, a lot queer feminist. And uh, that just became kind of our world. And uh, now most of the bands that I listen to are female fronted and it's been such a cool thing to be part of that community. And I, I feel sad that I didn't have that for so long yeah. and that I almost like discredited and didn't really seek out music by female musicians because like, you know, my college roommate played me some things that I just didn't really like the sound. And I was like, Oh, well, if that's what the girls are doing. I'm going to go back to, you know, fall. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's cool to, um, to listen to music and that by people that we would actually probably like in real life. And we do, you know, now that, like we get to book a lot of bands on, on the Gethard show. We don't book as many, uh, local shows anymore, but sometimes we do when we play yeah. and, uh, yeah, they're all great people. Like it's a really nice community of, of nice people who uh, care about the scene and being kind to the people that they work with, which is super important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's been something, I mean, surprise, the internet's great, but like that's been a really good thing about the internet is just like, yeah, you do find out some bands that you liked were shitty people. And then it's very easy to sort of cut that out of your life and go, okay, 
that's gone. How, you know, how can I replace it with a community like this? And um, that's like something that I really admire and really like inspires me to keep like reaching out and finding new music and uh, looking for things like that. Cause you know, like you said, like it's very easy to just go, Oh, all right, I'm going to go find more bands and whatever. And like, it's usually dudes. It's just usually dudes and that's what's on Bandcamp, and that's what's out there. Um, and you have to like, it's sad, but you have to hunt a little bit to start finding uh, more like female fronted bands. I don't, and I don't think here, and I, I don't always appreciate fully like how entrenched I am in a community that makes it easy for me to find stuff yeah. like that. But like, I, I know that I'm very lucky. Uh, yeah. I know that I'm really lucky and I know that's not really like for me now. It's like, if I go to a show where it's four bands and each band is like five white dudes, I'm just like, what? <laughs> like it, no, it really, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm confused when that happens, but also I'm almost never at shows where that happens. No. Um, yeah. I mean, we went to a show, um, a couple months ago, it was warriors, uh, Katie Ellen, thin lips and camp cope who came over yeah. from Australia. Um, and that, you know, that's no, uh, dude fronted bands and very few dudes, if any in the bands. And, uh, it was an incredible show. Yeah. And, you know, that's what a lot of bands are looking for. Um, it didn't seem weird either. It wasn't like, this is a lady show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're past the point where it has to be like, oh, this is chick night, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's just like, no, these are all really good bands. And if you like one, like the others don't sound exactly like them, but you'll probably also like them or you might. And yeah. uh, everyone just gets along. I just remembered something um, when we were booking more permanent wave shows at one point, I remember we booked at this bar and they were like, Oh, we're going to do a ladies night drink special along with your show. And I was like, no, <laughs> I forgot about that. Like, I do like, remember. I'm, I'm doing the like hand whooshing over your head thing. Like it was yeah. just, I, and I had to write back and be like, actually, you know, I did like the actually thing, but <laughs> I was like, um, ladies night is usually, um, a way to get women more drunk and therefore more women get assaulted during ladies nights. So I didn't know that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I mean, it's also cause dudes will be like, Oh, there's two for one for ladies. There'll be lots of ladies there. And so yeah. we're going to go. It's yeah. just a really weird thing that bars do. And yeah. I don't, Ugh. Anyway, so this guy didn't get it and, and was actually kind of weirded out when I was like, no, 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 let's not do that. And yeah. he was like, okay, have it your way. And I was yeah. like, thank you. <laughs> That's not like what we're looking for in terms of like supporting the feminist scene, you know, yeah. like a, a yeah. drink special. Just being a woman doesn't mean you're a feminist and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that Warrior show sounds incredible. And I so think it there was are, amazing. I know that uh, Warriors. Katie Allen and Thin Lips are coming back in November. And yeah, so I, November 4th and Knitting Factory. So I've never there. seen Thin Lips. Oh, and, they were great. Oh my God, I'm so excited. It's going to be a really good show. Yeah. 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 Love all those bands so much. I also love that that band, that whole lineup is touring together. That seems like a wonderful. Oh yeah. And they're yeah. all just like, I mean, I have, again, haven't seen Thin Lips, but everybody just seems like the best kind of people. Yeah. I mean, just, I'm, I don't know Lauren or Anika super, super well, but any experiences I've had with both of them have been wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And there's such amazing music coming out of Philly right now. And it seems like amazing community between those bands, you know, that the, them and, and Kayatana too, who all support yeah. each other a lot and tour together. Yeah. Well, so before I forget, I would like to talk about your band. Oh. Oh, <laughs> we don't have to. Okay. We would love to. We can. Uh, yeah. I mean, so y you started through that feminist, uh, 
organization? Kind of. We are born from the ashes of another band. Cool. Um, a very dramatic. <laughs> We're going to talk about this really stupid. <laughs> Sorry, it was dumb. Yeah. We were in a band and it had uh, communication issues, let's say, and uh, just kind of stopped happening. Okay. So then uh, we were like, well, might as well use our practice space. We just put down a deposit on the practice space like for the band that suddenly didn't exist. So then we were like, well, this is ours now. <laughs> and and uh, I had some solo songs that I had uh, played, like, again, when a band had broken up, my old band broke up in like, what, like early, I never remember now if it's 2011 or 2012, but um, I just like didn't want to stop playing. So I started playing solo, even though I hated the idea of playing solo <laughs> and it terrified me. I was like, why would I want to do this without a band to just get up here so like naked? But I had done it at like, you know, small uh, acoustic shows and like in my friend's living room and stuff. So I had a few of these songs in this name, Early Riser. So when the band broke up, I was like, do you want to come play? cello on these songs I kind of always uh had imagined them that way like there were riffs that I would sing I would just sing like ah or whatever because that's how I had envisioned it having those kind of leads and uh so then we added vocal harmonies and stuff which is also something that's always been super important to me in any band that I've had to have vocal harmonies because just why not they're the best (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so then we just went from there and then uh when we decided to go into the studio and make a record, we wanted to do it with a full band. So since then we've been a full band. I also had the terrifying realization that I had to learn to sing and play at the same time. (laughs) Which you're great at now. I'm sort of, I mean, no, like I can, I can do it enough, but like, I'm always so impressed by you and literally everyone else who plays an instrument who can like play something completely different and sing something completely different. Like I can't do it. It's just not, Cellists are not taught to do that. Like they're not like I, I've been playing the cello since I was nine years old. They do not teach you. That. <laughs> right. I mean, if you write songs, it's like usually understood that you'll learn an instrument to back yourself up. So that's just how you do it. You know, you write a song playing and singing together, but yeah, not many cellists sing and play. So I'm, I'm impressed that Heidi can do that as well. Cause a lot of the rhythms are like really complicated and yeah, there's a lot yeah. going on. There are a couple we've had to like not do because I tried really hard and it just didn't happen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I play guitar, but also I don't sing while I play it because I'm like in my apartment. I only have to do one at a time. I'm not performing <laughs> for anybody. Because <laughs> it's the same thing. Like, yeah, I can't. I will come up here and stand up here and make a fool out of myself for an hour and it's great. But if you gave a guitar to me and I was like, play a song. No, no, not today. I don't know any songs. <laughs> Yeah, it's at this point, I think I used to get really nervous whenever I would play, but at this point we've played so many shows that it's just kind of like whatever. And Kiri's also done some like acting and improv. So you're you're comfy in all ways. I like being on stage. I would never do stand up as of now. Oh that is gosh. the one thing that I cannot imagine ever doing. Stand up yeah. are like you are the coolest, scariest people. Yeah. Like stand up comedians. It's just. Oh my gosh. I just don't understand. Like, but, we, but we found out also that stand-up comedians feel that way about us. A lot of comedians, yeah, say like, oh my God, I, I wish I played music or like I couldn't play music. There's like this mutual respect, I think, between musicians and comedians who are both like, wow, what you do seems really hard and scary. Yeah. I wonder if it's like, I mean, I know for me, because I've done some stand-up and it's terrifying. And when it goes bad, it hurts. It hurts real bad. Um, but I wonder if it's like, 
for a stand-up, having the mic is like a sense of control. And then for a musician, like having, I don't know, an instrument and you can just make loud noises and play over people. You that literally be... hide behind your instrument. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, no, I, I've done some mics where I'm like, tonight I'm only telling one-liners and I don't care if they're bad. And bombed as I was, you know, it was deserved. It was not great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it, when it hurts, it hurts. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think playing music is a thing that I need to talk myself into doing on stage. And you not can just totally do it. Oh, cool. You can do it. You really can. Yeah. Like, cool. All right. If either of us can do it. We I think totally I just started a band. Cool. Yeah. I'll come up with a name. <laughs> That's the, the best part of being in a band is getting to name it. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I did not get to name our band. You did not. <laughs> so I'm glad you had that experience. <laughs> I'm just you kidding. Get to name some song titles? No. All no, right. but <laughs> no, but that's okay because I like Kiri is you know she's a songwriter and she writes the words and stuff and I just kind of like add things to it. Yeah. Um. So like if we're ever like there have been times when like people have tried to interview us and like Kiri can't do it and they'll be like well we'll just talk to Heidi and I'll be like nope no <laughs> like I I'll just be like Kiri's great song I don't know <laughs> I'm like you can do it if you want to she's like nah no no it wouldn't make any sense because yeah. I it would I would be but to be serious I mean I would be speaking about your life experiences which right. is not cool yeah I like when we do interviews together because we can kind of split it like if people ask what the songs were about like I can answer that if they ask how the band started she can answer yeah. that yeah I'm 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 the um I'm the practical one I give practical, <laughs> I give practical information yeah yeah, and then both of you can answer why the hold steady are great. Yeah. So that's wonderful. <laughs> we can. Wait, are we ask, answering that question now? Sure, why not? Okay, the hold steady are great because... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't the, tell you there was going to be a quiz. The, the hold steady are great because they are all great musicians, and um, I think that they capture a joy somehow while singing about the saddest, most fucked up things. Um, and they're also one of the best live bands I've ever seen. Nice. Um, just the energy and the community and just, I don't know. I, I, it's really, I still am confused about why I like them sometimes. <laughs> I'm serious. Like no, it, no, no, I get it's it. like I, when I got into them, it was like, Oh, a bunch of dudes in their mid thirties that literally they started because they were playing classic rock covers <laughs> together. It's like they were yeah. doing for some comedy show. They were, they were doing like classic rock covers and then they were like, Hey, this is really fun. Um, why don't we make a band that kind of sounds like cheap trick? And that's what happened. And I love cheap tricks. So cheap tricks. Great. Yep. That's wonderful. They're great. <laughs> and the audience is a lot of older dudes. Like we went to the Brooklyn bowl shows in last December and, uh, I have thoughts about this. The whole <laughs> The whole city audience base has got has gotten broy as fuck. Like when I was like, it just wasn't it wasn't like that back then. But like, it, no, it really kind of like yeah. the whole city have become like the band where it's like, let's go get blackout drunk. And like, yes, obviously there are people that do that at shows, and like, it wouldn't be a whole study show if someone didn't. But I would the audience base has gotten like so broy, and it's like a bummer. Um, I can't really shove my way up front anymore, which sucks. But she got to be in the VIP section Shut all up. week. <laughs> First a numbered shirt. Sometimes, you know, that that's devotion. <laughs> I don't know. She knows people. 
Stop. <laughs> Why are you so embarrassed? I don't know. <laughs> because my friend Brendan, who works for them, is going to listen to this and make fun of it and tell them. So. Hi, Brendan. Hi, Brendan. Thank Hi, you Brendan. for listening. Hi, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks. If you want to hear Early Risers cover of You Can Make Him Like You, head on over to repeater.show where it's available to stream. And great. You... Probably didn't do it yet, but that's okay. Do it later. For now, let's get back to Early Riser for some original music. Uh, We're going to play two of our songs. This one is called Find Me for the Waltz, and we just released a video for this. It's like a 90s VH1 pop-up video style video. We had a super fun time making it. We also discovered that our bassist does not know what pop-up video is. She's going to be really (laughs) mad that we keep talking about it. I think it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's a, yeah, it's a generational thing, we guess, but... It was definitely part of ours. Um. Two years ago, same place, same show, I was your dancer. You had hungry hands and eyes And I swore I had my answer From my perch across the room I feel the same magnetic pull The magnets that don't stick don't work at all If you don't find me for the waltz Then I'll know everything I need This night, this night It will belong to me Two hours ago, same place, same show, I'd like to mention I was on the verge of tears, but you weren't paying attention I watched you tumble off the stage, always love to see you fly As you're swallowed up, I'll say goodbye I'll throw confetti on my cue, and I will dance like I am free Like this night, this night, this night belongs to me. I I felt the electricity, I wasn't wrong. I know that we were both in love, but only with the songs. I felt the electricity, I wasn't wrong. I know that we were both in love, but only with the songs. Only with the songs You didn't find me for the waltz So I know everything I need This night, this night, this night belongs to me I'll throw confetti when he sings the word And dance like I am free Cause this night, this night, this night belongs to me Oh, this night, this night, this night belongs to me Oh, this life, this life, this life belongs to me. Thank you. This song is called The Nevers. It's our posse anthem. Uh 
I feel invincible today. My hands are magnetic and can catch anything that comes my way. I refuse to fall apart. Just pour some plaster in the cracks and call it art. Maybe this is the year. I'll get a tattoo behind my ear. Maybe I'll finally get my license and we can get out of here. Cause there's no such thing as growing up, only growing It's not something you finish and then keep going I'm dying to hear how it ends, but there's no way of knowing I feel invincible today. My hands are magnetic and can catch anything that comes my way. I refuse to fall apart. Just pour some plaster in the cracks and call it art. Maybe this is the year. I'll get a tattoo behind my ear. Maybe I'll finally get my license and we can get out of here. Cause there's no such thing as growing up, only growing. It's not something you finish and then get boring. If they took our picture right now, I swear we'd be glowing. I won't tell you to never say never. Just don't tell me that you'll never change. Cause sometimes the nevers become the maybes and okays. Sometimes they sneak up behind you and give you your best days. Told you the first words you uttered. What were the last words you sang? It's okay to go out with a whimper as long as you come back in with a bang. It's okay to go out with a whimper as long as you come back in with a bang. It's okay to go out with a whimper as long as you come back in with a bang. It's okay to go out with a whimper. As long as you come back in with a bang, it's okay to go out with a whimper. As long as you come back in with a bang, it's okay to go out with a whimper. As long as you come back in with a bang. Thank you. You can stay up to date with Early Riser by checking out their website, earlyrisermusic.com, and by following them on Twitter, at Early Riser Band. And you can follow Kiri Oliver and Heidi Vanderly on Twitter, at Kiri Oliver and at Heidi Vanderly. Duh. Well, Pat, I'm sorry I missed this episode. It sounded awesome. It was awesome. Kiri and Heidi are the coolest people on earth, and I really love their music. I had so much fun talking with them about representation in music, booking bands, and making friends through music. Speaking of, everyone should watch The Chris Gethard Show on True TV. It's a super fun show and unlike anything else you'll see on television. And hey, Pat, can I assume that on this episode, you made new friends through music? I think you can. That's a win in my book. Until next time, hit repeat. Evan, put a shirt on and be my friend. Repeater is hosted by Evan Forbarden and Patrick Cartelli at QED in Astoria, Queens, a place to show and tell. Find out more at QEDAstoria.com. Our show is supported in part by Hi-Fi Records and Cafe in Astoria. 
Visit them from wherever you are at hi-fi-records.com. Editing by Stephen Garvey. Theme music by the Sun Lions. Everything else by Love Nest Productions. Welcome to Repeaters.